And welcome to episode number 10 of The Kickabout with me, Chris. And as usual, we've got Fran Dan with us. Hi. So it's a sad one today because we've reached number 10, mm. a big landmark for the show. Mm. But it's going to be the last one we're going to see each other for a little while. Yeah. Because Bo- <sighs> Bojo and his army. Oh, Boris. Oh, Boris. We love Boris. Um, he's decided to go back into lockdown, which means for at least the next three or four episodes, possibly longer, we're going to have to go back to Skype. Not. So, mm. yeah, so this will be, this will be uh, the last one that sounds like this. And obviously, as of next week, things are going to sound a little different. Um, but we will continue. Um, we adapt and we move on. Yes. Um, and fine. the good news is that the Premier League will continue. So we actually we will have, have a podcast. Yeah, we have something to, we have something to talk about. Um, I did joke to Dan during the week and say we'd have to fire a football manager and like, do a virtual scene <laughs> and just talk about that or something. Um, so um, on with the show. Dan, why don't you kick us off with your stat? Oh, oh. I'll kick off with the stat. Um, so this one is the Southampton Villa game. So James Ward-Prowse is now the ninth player in Premier League history to score two direct free kicks in a game. But can you tell me who the last player to score two direct free kicks in a game was? It was in 2015, so not too not, long not ago. Not long ago, okay. Um, hmm... Have mm, a think. To be continued. Mm, okay. I've got, a, I've got an idea, but it would... It's an educated guess, but I have no idea if it'll be right or not. I have not. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's uh, let's get straight to it. I thought I'd do spare you the pain, Dan. I saw Dan. this was the first game I was off, for God's sake. <laughs> I thought we'd get it out of the way early. <laughs> I thought if we get it out of the way early, we can go into the break and yeah. you can come back and revitalise man and not have to worry about talking about it for the whole show. So, uh, before we start, though, there was some bad news uh, before the against some sad news. Nobby Styles, World Cup winner, May night legend, uh, he sadly passed away. And then that was followed up with further bad news that Sir Bobby Charlton has been diagnosed uh, with dementia. So uh, we do wish him and his family all the very best. Uh, not a good weekend for that. Sean Connery passed away as well. Yeah. Uh, one of my favourite all-time actors. That, that cut me up a little bit. Although Amazon Prime has shown all the Anna Jones films now. So to, Is Sean Connery to you? What's, if I said Sean Connery to you, what do you, what do you think of? Do you think of Indiana Jones? Do you think of 007? James for, Bond. For me, it's Indiana Jones, but mm. I know obviously he probably was... Well, he obviously definitely was. On well, yeah, he was the original. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm 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 Indiana Jones. Yeah. I just maybe it's my I grew up with Pierce Brosnan as James Bond. Mm, that's the same as me. So I don't think of I think of him as shouting Junior, Junior yeah. <laughs> to, to Harrison Ford. So anyway, we digress. Let's uh, let's get on with the um, Manchester United Arsenal game. Um, we'll start with Arsenal. Um, we've not really spoken about them a huge amount so far this season. They've mm. Flattered to deceive at times, but quietly they've been doing okay. Um, they're like the dark horse of the Premier League at the moment. There's a couple. I mean, there are actually a few teams I think are like dark horses, but I think definitely them. So they haven't really been. We haven't spoken about them, and they haven't haven't been like hitting the headlines for anything good or bad, really. Mm. But but that's yeah. usually a positive thing, though. Yeah. If you're not in the news, that's usually because you're not doing anything wrong for a start. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's further evidence that they they are heading in roughly the right direction under Arteta. But also, they're not hitting the news because people aren't potentially expecting that much of them. Like Everton, obviously getting loads of coverage because they're doing so well. City's getting so much coverage because they're not doing that great. Everyone's kind of like, meh, Arsenal are doing all right. Arsenal are boring to talk about right now. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I mean, they, as I said, they had some blips. They haven't. They're definitely not flying. They're not uh, mm. obviously right near the very top of the table. Um, but this is their first away win against a top six opponent since January 2015. Uh, it's their first win at Old Trafford since 2006. Bloody. Their record against top six opponents has been absolutely wretched away from home for a long time. Yeah. So I thought it was very nice of, of Ollie and, and May Knight to allow them to yeah. expel Charity. that demon. Yeah. Charity, that. <laughs> uh, Thomas Party had one hell of a party in the midfield at Old Trafford. Mm. What did you make of his performance? He nearly scored a great goal as well. He smashed it from outside the area. I was mm. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I, when I was thinking about when I was writing up the notes of this... One thing that really struck me with Arsenal is uh, Arsenal. Arsenal is that they've. Um, <laughs> it's my turn to have a shit, a shit week for comments. <laughs> um, one thing that's really struck me is their recruitment side and how much more targeted it's been since Arteta took over. Mm. You know, we've long said that they needed a defence. Um, you know, their their defence has been the subject of memes and jokes for for many a year now. With players like Mustafi and David mm. Luiz at times hasn't hasn't covered himself in glory either. Um, but yeah, that's one side of the game that Arsenal have really not really had the record. The rec- um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the praise that they deserve. I yeah. mean, they've got the best defensive record in the league at the moment. Well, I think that um, Gabriel was a great signing, mm-hmm. and they've got Tierney, who's come back from. He was quite injured most of last season. Yeah, Bellerin's had quite a lot of injury problems recently, so he's now back in the team. David Luiz is nowhere to be seen, which is obviously a plus. <laughs> So and um yeah, I mean, and Leno's back in goal after being injured. So yeah, does does um does Arteta deserve a bit more praise for what he's doing there at the moment? Yeah, I think I think they've I think got so. potentially a very good manager. I mean, he's he's learnt from the best manager around at the moment, hasn't he? So I mean, it's you know we've seen many occasions where um, managers who've worked under very good managers have then gone on to be managers themselves, mm. and it's not always worked out. Uh, probably Steve Clark is one that sticks out in my mind as being one of those. Mm. Um, worked heavily under uh, Mourinho at Chelsea, and he's done okay in management, but he's not really hit the heights that maybe some were expecting of yeah. him. Um, so, but yeah, seven games in, best defensive record in the league. They've obviously we know they've got the the players going forward. Um, Aubameyang didn't hasn't been on a particularly good run. That penalty might just uh, will that be the door opening for him? Do you think? Potentially, I just I think I know he's played on the left wing for a while now, but I just think he'd be scoring a lot more goals if he was playing that central role than he would playing on the left wing. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's because they're trying to fit him and Lacazette in the same team. Oh, yeah, I was about to say that. I thought Lacazette won't do the same job no. out wide that Aubameyang will do. No. Um, so yeah I think very positive stuff for Arsenal um, let's talk about United obviously there was one or two half chances for United um, but there were probably more warning signs against United mm. from, from Arsenal's um, attacking perspective uh, Willian hit the bar Saka had a free header which he should have done a lot better with and Aubameyang again probably should have done a bit better with his curling effort that sort of went harmlessly past the post in the end um, I assume we're all in agreement that it was a penalty yeah yeah did you see the interview after the game for yeah, Pogba? Yeah, he just said that he shouldn't have done it. And it's just... Oh, just I mean, on the one hand, do you not have a, a bit of respect for him to actually, you know, how many times do players come out and try and, you know, say that it wasn't a foul, even though 15 cameras, no. camera angles? Or do you think, do you know what, mate? 
stop talking shit. You're supposedly a world-class player. You shouldn't be making these sorts of mistakes. Yeah, that one, number two. (laughs) Just play better. One of the commentators said, like, are we expecting too much from Pogba? No. Um, He's done, you know, he's supposed to be a world-class player. I see the Pepsi Max ad there, and it's got, like, Messi, Salah, and then Pogba. And I'm like, why is he in it? He's literally done nothing. I've always, I've long thought that Pogba was was quite an overrated player. And I don't know whether that's some of that hype has come from himself. Mm. The, oh, the, he the, himself. Oh, yeah, absolutely yeah. does. But what I mean is the whole kind of hype around him. Yeah. Maybe people have have bought into that mm. and have inflated his own potential ability way beyond what it should be. And if you look at some of the teams that he's played for, he's always had midfielders around him mm. that will do all the running, do all the hard graph, and then Pogba. When given the time, don't get me wrong, he is a very good player. Yeah, well, I think I think he is a world-class player on his day, but unfortunately, he very rarely has his day. He doesn't yeah. bring it. He's not consistent. No, not and at I, all. And I don't think you can ever really class somebody as world-class no. unless they do things consistently. Yeah, exactly. If you're only turning up two in every ten games, yeah. you, you're a good player, but you're not world-class. I think Bruno's already done more for United than Pogba has in the whole time he's been there. Mm. And then the, the game itself, obviously Roy Keenan and Gary Neville, unsurprisingly, both of them in the uh, in the punditry um, box for Sky Sports, were less than complimentary. Um, lack of energy, lack of enthusiasm, lack of, of belief, lack of ability. You know, these were all words that were thrown at United this weekend, not for the first time either. Um <laughs> What needs to it's a, it's a broad question, but what does need to change? Is it as simply as get a new manager in? Is it I as simple as that? As pa- well, I think it's partly that. Like, I look at the tactics, and I think tactically, he, I mean, the team was shite, I put it out there, but tactically, he got it completely wrong. Like, he took off, you know, we're a goal down, and he takes off Bruno and leaves like Scott McTominay on. You know, we need to be getting goals, and Bruno is probably our biggest well. goal threat. Mm. Yeah, and took Greenwood off. And he brings on Cavani really late, and Cavani's still not match fit. And it's just the whole thing was just a shambles. And I don't, I just keep looking at it like, do I see Solskjaer winning the Premier League or the Champions League? And I don't, because when it comes to, you know, in a one off game, we could probably, well, we could beat PSG, we could probably beat Bayern Munich. In Europe, you're great. Yeah, I mean, the Leipzig performance midweek. Yeah, but that's a one off game. But when it comes to tactically, if another manager is tactically better, Ollie has no idea what to do. Yeah. And as soon as game plan A doesn't work, he panics and he either just sticks with it and hopes that eventually it works or he just... I don't know what he does because he just seems to take off the wrong players and put the wrong players on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've obviously got our, our listener section later on, but I know that um, somebody commented, I think it was uh, Joe Morton, said that you know, Van der Beek's been bought. We know he's a quality player, but he just cannot get in his yeah. team. Well, I said to you, I think he's been one of our best players this season. He's hardly yeah. played. But that, to me, part part of me thinks that potentially Solskjaer didn't want to sign Van It can't Beek. have been his signing. And no. he's almost, it's almost like a statement to say, I didn't want this player and I'm not going to use this player. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's almost like the, the reversal that Mourinho's often yeah. done where he will play <clears throat> really young, inexperienced mm. players as a message to the board to say, this is what I'm working with, I need more players. Yeah. Whereas Solskjaer, as you say, might be doing the reverse. Because for a player like Van der Beek, you know, and a 40 million signing as well, why would he have... He started like one or two games this season. Mm. 
I mean, all the games we've had. <clears throat> given the players that Van der Beek has played with at Ajax, I mean, he's seen uh, Luke de Jong go to Barcelona. He's seen Hakim Ziyech go to Chelsea. And obviously now he's come back from injury and started to, to fire. Delit go to Juventus. And he's sat on United's bench mm. watching Scott McTominay and Fred get a game ahead of him. And he was being linked with Real Madrid for a long time. Yeah, he was. So it's it's a strange one. He he started with Pogba and Fernandes for the first time in midfield since they were beaten by um, Spurs 6-1. Mm. This is now the sixth Premier League game in a row that United have failed to win at Old Trafford. Um, that is a run that stretches back to last season. You have to go back to the 4th of July um, and a 5-2 win over Bournemouth for the last time United picked up all three points. Um, it's 100 games in charge now for Solskjaer as well. That's uh, That's gone quickly. I just imagine maybe not so much for Man United fans. Um, but these negative statistics just continue to build up. We're now talking about it's the, the worst start to a season since David Moyes. Um, he we've got seven points from six games it's not it's not good reading is yeah, it yeah we've got Everton there we've got Istanbul midweek and then Everton somehow though United seem to like manage to bring it back but that's the annoying thing I don't I know, know if I, know I don't know if it's good or bad that you know just as it's looking like potentially Solskjaer might be sacked or something it will go and beat like Everton 5 0 or something, and then he'll sort of sit back on his throne again. And You'll have like three good games, so everyone will be like, Yep, they're getting their, yeah. getting their mojo. I mean, well, I, there was sort of that just beginning to creep in after the Newcastle result, then yeah. you had the two good European yeah. games. Yeah. I think you're probably right. I think just again, people will begin to go, Okay, well, right, well let's give him another chance. Mm. So, how many chances do you keep I giving think somebody? If we hadn't beaten PSG and um, Leipzig, or Leipzig, however you want to say them. I don't think... I think it'd be a lot more under pressure than he is. I think only those results... The PSG one particularly, yeah. I think, probably. Because you think 15th... Well, I think we've got one or two points from home this season. Mm -hmm. um, and the only sort of game we've won... Was it Brighton and Newcastle, as it would be? Uh, Newcastle was away, yeah. obviously. Both but, were away, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I know what you mean. But the, the one was in the 98th minute that we won. <laughs> yeah, after the full-time whistle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the problem is at the moment, that the way the form is going and the way that you're this, this sort of stop to start, you are heading for mid-table mediocrity at the moment, mm. unless you put together a run of 10, 15 games. But that's all of a sudden putting so much pressure on the United players mm. and Solskjaer as well, because they suddenly realise they're digging themselves a deeper and deeper hole with this massively inconsistent form. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, if they had a better start of the season, if they lose the odd game here or there, so so yeah. be it. No one's expecting United to win the league or anything. But at the moment, a top four finish is looking very, very far off in the distance. Everyone also, to that point, should be expecting them to win the league. They're Manchester United. Well, for me, the idea was to close the gap on Liverpool. And we're already now nine points behind, seven games in. Mm. And Liverpool hasn't, haven't exactly they've set the world had, in yeah, they've they not had the best of starts. Um, I mean, they're still top of the league. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I know what you mean. But that's the difference. Like, they can play badly and scrape wins, whereas we play badly and lose 6-1-2. Mm. It's going to be a very interesting game, the next one against Everton. They're obviously two two losses now. Um, yeah. I think both teams will need to win Both teams that game. need to win, so yeah. It, hopefully it'll be a, a good game rather than a nil-nil, but we'll probably play for a draw. Well, it's all away from home, isn't it? So yeah. you, you probably stand a better chance there than you do at home. <laughs> and the worst thing as well, um, United tweeted a uh, We Go Again post, oh, which yeah, uh, that really winds just me made up. my day. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's move things along. Uh, let's talk about Aston Villa against Southampton. Um 
Kill, we've, we've spoken quite a lot about these two teams over the last uh, few podcasts and few episodes, and they served that one end of a game at Villa Park this weekend, didn't they? Mm. Compared to the United game, this was great. <laughs> I know, I probably should have put this one first. <laughs> you know, done a match of the day. Match of the day game. Day yeah. It's tied with the worst one. <laughs> um, Southampton had one chalked off for offside, and looked very tight, but think probably just about the right call, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I've... Well, I think it was his arm, wasn't it, that was offside, and I thought the whole thing was that it had to be a goal-scoring part of your body. Um, I think they run it now from upper arm, don't right, they? I okay. think if if because I th- I think what they're saying is is that they're sort of like you can't see what I'm doing obviously, but I'm <laughs> referencing just below the shoulder on my on my arm. They're still classing that as being your shoulder, right, and you can okay. obviously score with your shoulder. So if that's what they've they've gone on. I Fair think. Enough. Um, but then, yeah, they still raced into a four nil a four nil uh, lead. Ward Prowse, again, another one mentioned over the last few weeks as being mm. a good player for Southampton and one who's been on the fringes with England. Mm. Um, and two just great free kicks, awesome free yeah, kicks, great free kicks. The technique, I mean, bearing in mind the second one especially and how close was that was like to on the, the box. line. Yeah, for him to get that up and over like he did. I mean, there aren't many players in the Premier League now who would class themselves, or even in world football now, I would say. Who would who you could actually look at and say he is a full time dead mm. ball specialist, mm. but he's probably one of them, isn't he? He's yeah, probably the yeah. one that you would say the most. Um, if he's lining up a free kick outside your box, you're thinking, "Holy shit, this is this could end up in the top yeah. corner." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, two goals assist for the free kick as well. Um, uh, sorry, assist for the uh, Vestergaard header, should I say, mm-hmm. uh, which was taken from a free kick. Um, Danny Ings, obviously, he scored a fantastic goal, but it doesn't look good for him from an injury point of view. Did you no, did you see the challenge? Bad, yeah. mm-hmm. It didn't look great, no. I'll be honest. It's uh, completely uh, accidental. Mm. Um, I don't even really think you could class it as a challenge. It looked more like he was trying to turn away and then just a slight tangle of legs and tangle of feet. Mm. But the way in which his ankle and foot got caught yeah. and then his knee sort of bent the way it shouldn't do, it oh, it didn't look good. It'd be a tricky one for Southampton, I think, losing him, if they lose him. I mean, there is a there is an outside chance that he's just massively overstretched the ligaments but not torn anything. Yeah, it might just yeah. be a couple of weeks if they're lucky. Yeah, um, we have an international break coming up as well, which will mitigate some of that negativity potentially. <laughs> As my son's just turned over, you might hear him crying <laughs> in the background. Um, so, but yeah, there's equally there is a, a good chance that that could be a um, a fairly long term injury. So, do Southampton have enough without him? Do we think to continue this good vein of form? I don't know. I don't know. It's quite a. a He's quite integral to their. Yeah, and it's quite a psychological for the squad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh dear, someone's not <laughs> very happy in the background. Um. And then the fight back came. Um, Aston Villa. Um, we, it's I think the four 0 was a bit like a bit. Yeah, it Villa was very, hard very much Villa. in the game. Well, this is what I was about to say because they've, they've now conceded seven goals in two games. Mm. Um, and if you look at the quality of those goals yeah. from Leeds last game when they lost three uh, nil, and and this one, they're probably thinking, Jesus Christ, is this what it's come to? People have got <laughs> to put, put them in the top bins to score against yeah. us. Um, I mean, they picked up on it. I thought Peter Crouch on match day two last night was a little bit unfair on Aston Villa mm. um, because, again, the quality of goals scored, sometimes you just got to hold your hand up. Yeah, because Villa had like 19 shots to Southampton's 10 at the end of the game. Yeah. So um, good goals from um, uh, Tyrone Mings, obviously the penalty from Watkins and Grealish 
did a bit. Yeah, he did. Another great game for for Villa. I did like the way he done it. I think he done with a keeper with the eyes. Because he looked like he so was straight. He was quite far out. The goalkeeper just stood there and sort of yeah. like watched it go in. It go, was a very like weird, surreal. Yeah. It's like stopping. I think maybe he just didn't expect him to shoot from there. And I think it was more the fact that he went near post because because of the position he was almost always you would expect yeah, the player to to finesse yeah. and go for yeah. that far corner and he's just slapped his foot for it and hit the near post. Um, I mean Dean Smith even after the game sort of said that it was mainly just down to the pure quality of finishing yeah. from Southampton. Um, so we know, going back to Danny Ings, we know the scan is happening today, but as uh, as time of recording, I don't know what the outcome of that's been. It might be a, a day or two before that happens. Um, but in the meantime, let's just appreciate, you know, Southampton being fourth in the league. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had a fantastic start to the season, scoring goals. Um, and then for Villa, we, we mentioned last week, the, the slip up against Leeds probably wouldn't concern them too much. Will there be any further concern after this game? No, I think, I think that obviously their aim is just going to be staying in the Premier League, isn't it? And I think they'll do that quite easily. Especially not after the way they came back as well, to be 4 0 down. Yeah, you can come. see that they've got like a massive goal scoring threat. Mm. Um, it's, I think, again, it's just one of those games where Southampton were just clinical, really. I think I should probably apologise for putting Aston Villa defenders in my Premier League team, <laughs> in my fantasy league team. I think that's probably what's caused it. I should apologise to all Aston Villa fans out there. <laughs> right, let's um, let's move along then. Before we go to the break, let's talk Spurs against Brighton. So, um, <laughs> first of all, I want to pick up... Um, oh, Jose. Jose uh, and his comments in midweek. Um, they obviously played Antwerp in uh, in the Europa League, uh, lost by a goal to nil after Mourinho made a lot of changes to his team. Uh, he wasn't particularly best pleased, I think it's fair to say. Mm. So let me read out um, some of his some of his quotes. He said, uh, "You know what our best team is. I always like to think that the players deserve an opportunity. We have a big squad." He said. Um, it's also their opportunity to catch the chance with both hands and ask for more. Tonight, my future choices are going to be very easy. I would like to have made 11 changes at halftime. I didn't make five as I was afraid of a long 45 minutes. Before matches, you always ask me why this player is not playing and why this player is not playing and why this player is not selected. Maybe now for a few weeks, you don't ask me because you know the answer. Um, and he also posted an image on uh, on Instagram with a picture of him looking very sad on the team bus. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know who took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you reckon somebody just took it and he just went, can you send me that? I'll, yeah. I'll use that. I'll put that on Instagram. Uh, bad performances deserve bad results. Hope everyone on this bus is as upset as I am. Tomorrow, 11am training. I don't know about you, 11am training's yeah. not bad, is it? Yeah. It's lovely a fucking, little nine. Lovely little nine. Yeah. What was it going to be then? He makes out as if he's like, like made it really early. Oh, yeah, now. that's a good point. Yeah, maybe <laughs> it's like normally like one. <laughs> just rock up midday. Off. Yeah, <laughs> one o'clock. Um, so anyway, back to the game. Um, an interesting call for the penalty. What do we What do we think on the Harry Kane penalty incident? So yeah, uh, well, go on. What do you think? Well, I don't know. To be fair, I, I think. Did we both change our minds after we watched the? I think I looked at you and I was like, "Is it? Because I'm not hundred percent on the rules." Well, of well first of all, do we think it was inside or outside? Well, I thought it was inside, but then when I was watching Match of the Day and they did the analysis afterwards, I kind of agreed with what they were saying. Like you can see Harry Kane looking at Lalana, yeah, and then he turns around and just sort of like arches his back, hoping that Lalana, because Lalana's looking at the ball the entire time. Yeah, he doesn't even see Harry Kane. I mean, it's it's quite a dangerous one because yeah. obviously Lalana's eyes are on the ball the whole time. Mm. Um, Harry Kane doing that, only one thing is going to happen, and I'm just going to go yeah. straight over the top of him, mm. and because he's not expecting it, he he's got 
little chance of being able to brace mm. his own fall. Um, so it could have ended up quite dangerous yeah. for Lana in no, the I end. No, I think it was just very clever. <laughs> yeah. It's clever from an attacker's point of view, but, you know, it's, it's no different to diving, really. No, no it, it's it's kind of the other way. But, I mean, you, do off, you don't often see rather strikers getting pulled up for backing mm. into defenders no. these days when real time i thought i thought definite penalty yeah like it wasn't until i watched like the analysis that i thought oh yeah because i didn't realize that he had sort of stared at well not stared at him but looked at yeah. lalana before and then sort of turned his back on him and mm. it's not too slow it down that you sort of see all these little things yeah uh tarek lamptey got among the goals i know he's uh, a player that's caught your eye this season yeah little, little lamptey yeah. at right back i think he's Such a really a good player um do we was there a foul in the build-up to this See, I'd, I'd... Oh, see, Dan was like, no, no, not a foul, not a foul. And then on Match of the Day, they were completely like, yeah, it's 100% a foul. See, I'm, I don't know which way I'm, I'm falling on this argument because originally I looked at when they showed the clip in real time before they went to the analysis in the, uh, in the sort of um, punditry box, um, you can see he does touch the ball. Hmm. But then the, the, the thing is about the follow-through, and I'm thinking, well... There's a follow-through in every tackle, surely. Yeah. I mean, if he's got in two-footed, fair enough. Yeah. But there is, you know, if you're sliding in, there's going to be a follow-through mm. because that's just what happens when you well, slide in for yeah. a tackle. Um, and all right, he didn't get much of the ball, but he did get the ball with his... Yeah, um, with his, like, studs. With his studs. His studs weren't dangerous. And his you, other foot was tucked in. You can clearly see the ball, like, sort of jolt forwards as he kicks it. Yeah. So, um, and then Hoiberg, you know... Rolls. Like rolls rolls, rolls around. Um the ball, obviously, there's plenty of chance for Spurs to, to kill off this attack mm. because it's not like they scored immediately no. from it. Um, and then by that point, Hoiberg's up on his feet trying to defend and then yeah. turns around and has a go at the referee. It always annoys me when they're moaning about a decision that happened like 10 minutes ago, saying <laughs> that, oh, yeah, that's the reason we conceded the goal. So, Fran, you're, you, you, you believe it was a foul? I feel like I don't know enough of the rules and regs to be like, yes, it was or no, it wasn't. Is I'm going to sit on the fence for this. One. <laughs> I don't think it was a. Fa- I feel like if you if you touch the ball, even if it, you know, if it's clear that you've touched the ball, I mean, you're like you say, you're going to follow through afterwards because it's a sliding tackle. Yeah, there's not much you can do about it, especially when you're coming side on. Yeah, if you know, if they were going head to head, it's a bit different. But that's probably more dangerous than him coming side on. Yeah, so in my head, they won anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his if the trailing leg had been stud showing, if the trailing leg had been high, mm. I would be like, all right, fair enough, that's dangerous play. But I don't see anything about that challenge that was actually dangerous. No. Um, so I was quite surprised that. Mm. Uh, Martin Keown and Peter Crouch were both pretty adamant that it was a it was a foul. They don't know what they're talking about. (laughs) These extra footballers podcasts of their own. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other key thing to talk about there, though, was the referee. I think it was Graham Scott. I think his name is. Um, First time it's happened in the Premier League since the implementation of VAR. He went over to the screen um, to take another look at the uh, the incident based on advice from the uh, assistant referee, the video assistant referee in his ear. Um, had a look at it, but actually stuck with his decision. Mm. First time that's happened. And the first time it's happened, I've agreed with VAR this season. <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting. I mean, it, it did take a long time to get to that point. That's yeah. my only slight criticism. So, yeah. Um, but that's not, not exactly my criticism alone. That's <laughs> been one that's been thrown at VAR for some time. Um, then the big moment, Gareth Bale. First goal since coming back from Spurs. It's a good header, actually. Yeah, in fairness yeah. to him, very, very good in header. The corner as well. Um, this will do a lot for his his confidence. You yeah, feel he, sure. he obviously hasn't hit the heights. I think maybe there was a little bit of 
unrealistic expectations for Bale coming back to Spurs that he was going to be the Bale we remember yeah. at Spurs from years ago. There was always going to be a delay mm. to him getting back to his best, and who knows what his best is? You know, we've seen yeah. so little of him at Real Madrid mm. over the last few years. We don't know what his level is going to mm. be um, with Spurs. I think he's excited to play though. He does look happier. Yeah. I'll give him that. He looks a lot happier. Yeah. Um, getting that cross from his old teammate as well, Regu- uh, Regulian. Yeah. Regu- I, c- I can't pronounce his frickers name. <laughs> is it Regulian? Regulian? Regulian. Regulian. I don't know. Should I'd we call him Reggie? Reggie. Yeah. <laughs> we call him Reggie. Reg. Um, but yeah, so that will do a lot for, uh, for Bale's confidence. Um, Spurs now lying second in yes, the league. Um, at what point... I know, I know the stereotypical, I know the meme is to say that, you know, Spurs are bottlers and they're never going to win anything, mm-hmm. but at what point do we at least have to have them in the conversation for, for challenging um, at the moment? Um, well, I said they'll win a trophy this year, and I stand by that. Which one, though, Dan? Which one? Probably... <sighs> well, it'd be either the FA Cup or the... the um, what is it now? I don't know. No, Carabao what, Cup. Carabao Cup. I was going to say Carlsberg. Carlsberg? <laughs> um, Has it ever been Carlsberg? No, it was Carling. Heineken and Carling, wasn't it? Coca-Cola. Mm. That, going back, that's going back away. Yeah, um, um, yeah be one of those, like the domestic clubs. It won't be like Euro- they, they're in the Europa. Europa. You don't you don't see them as serious contenders for the Premier League at this nah. point? No? Yeah. Oh, that's very, very <laughs> downbeat. Fran, you don't look so happy there. <laughs> you sleeping on the sofa tonight then <laughs> um, interestingly from a Brighton point of view um, Neil Mope left out of the entire mm. squad for tactical mm. reasons according to Graham Potter um, I mean it's it's a manager's um, decision at the end of the day what tactics he wants to choose and what players he wants to play but if you're leaving a player out of that quality because you don't feel he fits the system you'd at least have him on the bench wouldn't you yeah mm. I mean because you know if you decide things aren't sort of working you change the system yeah and then you might need someone different to go up front and Neil Marope you'd argue he is one of one of if not the best striker that Brighton yeah, has yeah he probably is their best goal scorer isn't he so so does this make people think I think there's probably him? something has happened behind the scenes yeah maybe he's just got bored of the constant shithousery that Malpe loves yeah. with all these um, antics against Man United yeah. in the season that bit him in the arse mm-hmm. um, as far as Brighton as a whole go it was a bit of same old same old really from them you know good build up play Look decent in the on the ball at times, but just nothing really in that final third. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit lackluster sometimes. Yeah, it's a bit of a, I don't, I don't, it's a bit harsh, but I want to say boring team. Really. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just you, you, there's, you know what you're going to get from them. You know what yeah. to expect. You know that they're going to flatter to deceive. Um, and unless there's no like game changers in there, you know some of the. Sort of like a Crystal Palace has Wilfred Zahar, yeah, who at any moment can completely change the game, mm-hmm. score one or two goals. You look at Brighton, and I don't really see a player where I'm like that guy can, you know, change a game. Yeah, in an instant. take it, take the game by the scruff of the neck and do something. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Um, they've got a big game against Burnley coming up next week. They're obviously um, very near the bottom. There's we've got sort of four or five teams now, including mm, um, us. <laughs> <laughs> when do we? When do we? Inc- well, yeah, we asked about Spurs. When do we need to consider them as challenges? When do we need to consider United as relegation? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say as challenges. Then I was like, good joke. <laughs> so right, okay. Um, so yeah, Burnley coming up for them. Big game uh, for for Brighton. I don't think um, Malpe is going to be left out again. Do we think he's going to be left out again? Surely not. I mean, if he is, then it's definitely something that's happened behind the scenes, isn't it? Yeah. So I would assume he'll be back in the um, squad. 
Yeah. Right, let's go for a break. Um, after the break, we're going to hear your feedback again um, after we put this stuff out on social media. We're going to talk about Everton stumbling again and we're going to have a little bit of chat about Chelsea who had another enjoyable trip to Turf Moor. See you in a bit. Welcome back to the Kickabout podcast. And before we go any further, I want to take everyone on a little trip to Scotland. Did anyone, I mean, I know I, I sent you the link in this, but did you happen to see this before I sent you the link? I didn't see it before. You didn't see it before. Link, so um, it was a match between Inverness, Caledonian Thistle and Air United. Um, owing to the COVID-19 pandemic, the Inverness club had announced that they had decided to refrain from using human camera operators and instead they would rely <clears throat> excuse me they would rely on a uh, artificial intelligence uh, computer control program ai system however you want to refer to it that would basically track the ball um so for fans who were paying for the live for the stream which is the same thing they do in like mm, league one yeah. and league two um they didn't need a human person they could just let the computer just follow the ball and they wouldn't miss a thing um however <laughs> The AI camera, it was a very bright, sunny day, I should, I should add. The camera couldn't differentiate between the ball and the bald head of the linesman, um, with the linesman's head glistening in the glorious Scottish uh, afternoon sun. Um, <laughs> this is just brilliant. I mean, apparently the commentator had to repeatedly apologise for the fact that they were missing all the action because the camera just <laughs> literally was zooming. I've seen the video. They were literally zooming in on the linesman's head. Um, I, it's just like the camera was just like, ball, 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 bald head, bald head, focus on the bald head. So, yeah, it's um, if you're on our Facebook, I did post the link earlier. Um, <laughs> so do go and check it out and, and have yourself a little giggle. Right, let's get on with the show. Let's go on to our listener segment. Fran. So, David McGregor has said... What are your thoughts on Aston Villa? Will they survive this season, letting Jack Grealish have a free roll, or should they sell and tighten up? Again, West Ham gave it a go against one of the bigger teams. Can keep this up, and are they looking for a Europa spot? Uh, how can Man United be so positive in Europe, and yet so very, very boring in the <laughs> <Premier> League? <laughs> um, the point on Villa, I think that... Given where they are, given the, the start they've had, I think it's probably a little premature to start talking about um, whether they will survive the season. Um, I don't in any way see them being a, a candidate. I assume that's what he means by saying, will they survive the will season? Will they survive the season letting Jack Grealish have a free role or should they sell and tighten up? Um, I can only assume what he means is, is the, the way in which they play at the moment where they've got Barkley, they've got Grealish. Grealish obviously does have a much more freer role with the team mm. because they want him on the ball at all times um, and is that therefore causing them problems going the other way because they've got one less defender or one less defence minded player in their team mm. is that costing them goals um, potentially but I think uh, it's maybe a case of the best form of defence is attack mm. I mean you know they beat Liverpool 7-2 yeah um, and they, you know, they lost to Southampton four three. So maybe they do need to work on their defending, but they're definitely scoring the goals. And I can't see every team scoring four goals against them. 
Yeah, and I guess we touched on it earlier. And the, the caliber of the goals that are being scored yeah, against them yeah. is also a factor. If they are, if we're talking about this another two or three games time, and they've lost the next two or three, yeah, of course, yeah. then a different approach I think needs to be considered from Dean Smith. Yeah, the only thing I can see with Grealish at the moment is that he's raising his price tag. <laughs> well, he has signed a new deal. Yeah, so his price tag will have gone up exponentially mm. anyway. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think they need to do anything drastic just for the moment. Um, as far as West Ham go, obviously we yeah, we did give it a, a good go against Liverpool. We obviously had a very specific tactic against them for sitting back and, and trying to catch them on the counter, which I don't think you could really blame West Ham for doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a real, do you know what, we didn't, we're not talking about the Liverpool-West Ham game today, but it was a real shame that given Liverpool's defensive Weak, weakened defensive lineup. It was a real shame that Antonio wasn't able to play with his injury because I think yeah. he may have made a difference. Sebastian Haller again looked really poor, both from a work rate and a quality perspective. I feel like he will offer us more in the games where we're going to see more of the ball when he's up front and expected to do all the donkey work like Antonio does. That's it's just not him. Yeah. Um, so um, as far as Europa goes, I mean, we are fourteenth. So we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. We are now finally outside of those first crazy run of games where we were playing yeah. all the big teams. So now is the real test. Um, historically, West Ham have always been pretty good at raising their game against the bigger size, and it's always been the lesser team mm. in the Premier League that we've struggled against. So Fulham up this weekend, um, who they did win earlier, didn't they? Was it 2-0? Yeah, 1-2-0. Yeah, Big result for Fulham earlier tonight. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, from a West Ham point of view. If we do want to... If we do harbour any ambitions of an, a Europa League spot, then we absolutely have got to beat Fulham this weekend. And United? I mean, I guess we did touch on this earlier a little bit. don't want to go back into this too much. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure Dan doesn't want to. Not particularly, no. <laughs> <laughs> How can they be so positive in Europe and yet so boring in the Premier is it, is it tactic? Is it Oli setting them up to be like that? Or is it the freedom of playing in a different competition? I think with the Champions League, it was uh, if we get out of the group, then, you know, that's a not not that's a good thing because it is a good thing but that's like probably our aim just to try and get out of that group yeah and so it's almost like a going in with no pressure especially when you play against like PSG um, and even Leipzig or Leipzig I don't know how it's, I wouldn't even want to know how you say that is it Leipzig or Leipzig I th- I think it's Le- uh, Leipzig right. personally I'll but... say Leipzig um, I mean, we all know how we are with pronunciations. So don't yeah. take our word well, they for got it. To the semi-final, so I think even that one was maybe we were going into that one weirdly as maybe the underdogs. Mm. Um, whereas in the Premier League, there's a, not, a lot more expectation, um, especially with how we've started. So yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's tactics, if it's the pressure, the expectation. Um, yeah, we're just buckling at the moment. Yeah. Um, he's also said, predict the top four. Well, obviously, we've done our predictions at the start of the season. But we can um, do a, but we can a do quick one on current up, Yeah, an updated, form. yeah. Um, personally, I, I believe Liverpool are favourites to win the league. I think I can see them coming first. Second at the moment, um, I genuinely can see someone other than City coming second at the moment and on current form. Um, so I'm going to really stick my neck out here and I'm going to say, mm, I'm going to say Chelsea second. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Chelsea second. Um, we'll, we'll get on to Chelsea a little bit later on and why I'm feeling a bit more positive about them. <laughs> uh, third, I'm going to go for City and fourth, I think Spurs will will claim the final spot. Um, I don't think Arsenal are there, not quite yet. 
Um, I think they'll be they'll run it close, but I think I can see Spurs nip, uh, pipping them to the post. And United, frankly, I'll be surprised if they get top six right now. So, um, but I would say there is a very real chance of a Leicester, an Everton, or another club, um, you know, fighting for that top four spot as well. But that's that's how I see it right now. For me, it's Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Arsenal. Think you think Arsenal will pick? I think so. I think uh, this year they'll be back Gosh, in the Champions very League. Anti-Spurs, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> very anti. Do we? I mean. Do you how how realistic do you think a Leicester and Everton can break into that top four? I don't think I think Leicester will be very similar to last season. They'll just fall away yeah. towards the um, the last hurdle type thing. And Everton, I think you're starting to sh- they're starting to see like as soon as they have a couple of injuries or suspensions, without those with that starting eleven like their main eleven, they're a great team. As soon as they're missing one or two links, yeah, you see against. I Newcastle. feel like that's the issue with Tottenham. Mm. Especially as Mourinho's made it so clear <laughs> that the rest of his team is shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not going to be bothered. Tottenham about is very much uh, that eleven is like very unbeatable. But is that down though to Mourinho's mindset? I mean, I I appreciate that you know he is in his own way trying to give his team a kick up the ass by saying what he said. But it can easily go the other way, and he, you know he if he does need those players, if he gets a, a spout of injuries, he's got to rely on those players this season yeah. at some point. So... I wouldn't want to do shit for him. <laughs> Not quite, yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Doing your top four? Go on in, yeah, do your top four. Oh, oh, let's go. On current I really don't want to put Liverpool at the top. What, because you don't like them or because you don't think they'll come to up? I don't, I don't know. I kind of want them not to just because it makes it a bit more interesting, doesn't it? And I just prefer City. <laughs> <laughs> so you think City will win it or? <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. Just quick. Mm. Clock's ticking. City, Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea. Fair enough. Okay. There we go. Right, thank you for that, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, Peter Thurgood said... Chelsea obviously are doing very well at the moment. Um, don't even give Southampton any credit for turning over Everton and Aston Villa. <laughs> I wonder why he said that. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Still leaking goals and relying on one man and a Pompey boy to do the job for them. Irrelevant. Man United, where do we even start? Worst home start since, what, 1972-73? I'll let the bitter stat man confirm that without crying. <laughs> Spurs, <laughs> average. West Ham, promising. Uh, that is that's it yeah okay um, yeah obviously we are going to talk in depth about Chelsea uh, in a little while because they have massively improved in a number of areas in their game so um, very much very much on board with that um, I, I understand that there's a bit of a backhanded uh, reason why he said don't give Southampton any credit being a Pompey fan um, but the relying on one man thing as we touched on may It'd be May, interesting to see if he is injured. Yeah, it might come back and bite them yeah, if that's yeah. if that's the case. And we do wish Danny Ings well, not only for Southampton, but actually potentially England. Well, yeah, with the Euros with coming the Euros up, coming gathered up. if uh, it's a lengthy... So um, we're not going to touch on Man United no, just because we've, we've spoken about them enough tonight. Spurs average. Yeah, Spurs average, that's an interesting one. I mean... It was a bit of an average game. It was an average game, but then, you know, Liverpool have had, had a number of average games last season where they yeah. still won. Yeah. Um, you know, the old adage of... You know, champions will find ways to win games. I'm not for one moment suggesting that Spurs are going to be champions, but I think you are. <laughs> um, it is it is a, a a quality of a good team that when you're you know not playing brilliantly, um, mm. you grind out the three points. So 
Yeah, I'm, I'm liking all this positivity around West Ham, I must say. Okay. Low expectations. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. <laughs> and um, Joe Morton said, please talk about Zayac. Two starts, two goals, two man of matches this week. Also, please ask Dan why United signed Van Der Beek. He can't even get a look in. <laughs> and Southampton and Newcastle had fantastic weekends. Uh, yeah, again, we're going to we're going to talk about Newcastle as well. Um, and Joe, don't worry, we are also going to talk about uh, Hakim Ziyech um, and talk about the impact that he's had on Chelsea since he's coming in the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we've already touched on Van der Beek. Um, do you see any situation where in the coming weeks he gets more starts in the Premier League, or do you think <laughs> Solskjaer has kind of put his, you know, his marker down and said, right, you know? Under no circumstances are you going to be a starting player. Well, he did say, uh, I think it was Wednesday, They sort of uh, he was interviewed and they sort of said, you know, why have we not really seen Van der Beek yet? And he said that um, you're going to start seeing him a lot more. So I don't know if, you know, we don't see what happens at training. Maybe he's not up to the same level as everyone else at training, etc. It's quite easy to just see him not in the team and start um coming up with theories and stuff so, i mean it could be anything but to me i would say that it is maybe a sign in he didn't want because mm-hmm. obviously he was i think we all think he wanted sancho and maybe he's uh throwing a bit of a tantrum yeah um i mean it's it, it's surely to man united's benefit to have Van der Beek in that side Oh yeah, um, especially so, the way Pogba's playing at the moment. Yeah, it will be very interesting to see over the next few games um, if Van der Beek does start, what sort of impact he has on the United side, and whether he mm. can be a bit of a catalyst for them um, to push further up the league. A little bit like Fernandez was when he came in last season. Yeah, I'd um, quite like to see um, Cavani maybe start against Istanbul as well. Yeah, I can. I think it's a perfect time after two wins in two mm. against the two hardest teams mm. in your group. Um, I think you know, giving your Players who perhaps need a bit more match fitness and, mm. and, and minutes, I think it's a perfect opportunity to do that. So, I wonder what Gala's doing at the moment. <laughs> having a wonderful time, I should imagine. Um, right, let's get on. Thank you very much for everyone who uh, who commented in. If you do want to get in touch with the show, obviously our socials, we're at Kickabat, Kickabat, Kickabout Pod on all of our social media channels. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we're also at show at thekickabout.co.uk on email. Let's get on then to, or let's get back to the Premier League. Newcastle against Everton. Um, by no means a classic at all. Um, but Everton, a little bit like Aston Villa, the early pace setters of the league, um, just just stumbling a little bit over the last couple of games. Um, big news ahead of the game was, of course, uh, Jordan Pickford mm. dropped by Carlo Ancelotti. Um, Olsen came in. I thought he had a pretty good game, actually. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean, neither of the goals were his fault. You know, no, one, one was not. a penalty and one was a deflection that just went straight over the top of him, and Wilson tapped into an empty goal. So yeah, nothing he could do about it. I mean, Ancelotti after the game, uh, when asked about the fact that he I found that quite Pickford, strange, it was very odd. You know, if you're going to take a keeper out because you want to rotate the keepers, and apparently he has done this, Ancelotti before mm. in previous clubs where he will bring in um, backup goalkeepers for a run. What what good does one game yeah, do and I feel if he's like bringing he it straight back in? Even if that was game. his plan, I feel like he could have worded it and just said, I was just looking at my options yeah. Yeah. or something like that, rather than just saying, yeah, I just thought I'd give him a game. He's going back on the bench next week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah. does neither goalkeeper. Do like, that doesn't... Doesn't make, serve a purpose. It doesn't it? make Pickford think, oh, crap, I need to start playing for my spot. Because I'm just coming straight back yeah, in. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't make... Um, was it Olsen? Yeah. 
think, oh, you know, I played really well. I'm going to get another game next week. Because yeah. literally just like 10 minutes after the match, he's just been told he's straight back on the bench next week. I mean, Olsen really couldn't have done much more. Mm. I mean, he did make one or two very good saves. As you say, neither goal were his, was his fault. Um, so I don't know, mate. I, I wonder if actually he will drop Olsen again. I wonder if he will continue him next week or not. Do you um, think the big game experience? Well, I feel like he's I kind think, of said it now. Yeah, it'd be I very weird if he then dropped Pickford again after just saying that Pickford would go straight back into the team. Yeah, but maybe, maybe I mean, Pickford's got to have a good game, hasn't he? Mm. I mean, I hope Pickford plays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as the game goes, Everton just really never got going. It was it was a very soft penalty that was converted by uh, Callum Wilson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some lovely shithousery going on there from Yuri Mina. Do we see this? He did that yeah. for it against England as well. Yeah, I think it was it him that was kicking the uh, penalty spot. Yeah, I think it might have been actually. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, any any England fans, if you cast your mind back to um, Russia 2018, you will remember when we had the game against Colombia. You remember the antics of not just him. It has to be said, most of the Colombia team mm-hmm. were at it. Western um, player as well. <laughs> oh, Carlos, Carlos Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, God, we'll whisper his name in hashtags. <laughs> my God. Um, so yeah, he's not a man shy of using tactics like that to try and gain an advantage. It didn't work. Um, so I imagine Callum Wilson very much enjoyed um, his his afternoon's work uh, after that. Callum Wilson was like, I just block it out. I've got it made me laugh. That <laughs> I know, I did Callum say that. Wilson like, yeah, I just ignored him. I was like, uh, you didn't. Yeah, because you, cause you <laughs> like... Shut the ball in his chest. <laughs> <his chest. laughs> but well done. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, as we mentioned, the second goal was a good run from Ryan Fraser on the left and a sort of shot come across that was deflected up and over the goalkeeper yeah. and Wilson like all good predatory strikers was right place right time to tap it in um, and then another poachers goal actually 11th goal of the season for Calvert-Lewin in all competitions um, not enough though to stop Newcastle taking the points Callum Wilson six goals now we, we said at the start of the season what a potentially good signing he could be and he's already proven mm, that yeah. I mean I always thought he was banging for Bournemouth yeah yeah. he was a really good player for Bournemouth so I'm not surprised he had a a bit of a Aaron spell last season but then Bournemouth as a whole were pretty poor last year I think he got injured as well I think he was out he was sidelined for a while with an injury yeah um, but uh, I mean they they when they did the analysis of match today you can quite easily see what Wilson brings to Newcastle mm-hmm. we, we did speak about this earlier in the season about his ability to occupy defenders because he runs in behind he has got really good pace going um, beyond defenders and running channels that sort of thing and when you've got a striker that can do that he's he can create space for other players. He's dragging defenders out of position. Um, and Newcastle have not had that for a very, very long time. No. Um, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brains to think what striker they've had over the last five or six years that have, has been anything like the quality that mm. Wilson can, brings to the team. Um, I mean, I don't know whether we have to go back as far as someone like Demba Barr and Papa Cisse, yeah, whether, whether there's been anybody since then, and I just can't remember it. But um, yeah, really quality signing for them. Um, Everton... No, no Hammers Rodriguez, no Richarlison in the team. Um, we've spoken before about the quality and depth that we thought that they had because when Richarlison wasn't around, mm. um, they still picked up results. Um, didn't seem to bother them too much. But now Rodriguez is not around. It maybe has had an effect on them. Maybe their depth isn't quite as good as we thought. Yeah, I think um, those, like I said, I think that starting eleven is a very good team, but as soon as you're missing one or two links in that team, mm. um, it sort of falls apart a little bit. The thing is, they, if, if you look on paper, they do have a really good squad. Yeah. I mean, look at the midfielders-wise. You know, they've got players like um, Sigurdsson. Sigurdsson, Andre Gomez. Mm. Um, is Schneiderlin still there? Mm, don't believe so. Is I he think gone? he's gone now. Um, and yeah, they, they've, got some, they've still got some very good attacking players as well. Defensively, they've got no injuries in that side of the game at the moment anyway. Um, 
So, yeah, I think Everton, they'll be very disappointed for this result, but I don't think that the Richarlison and James Rodriguez being out should have made or should be making this, this level of impact that it is. Mm. Mm, no, um, but I think, you know... Or is it just because the game is built around... Rod- I mean, we know Ancelotti really likes Rodriguez. Is it yeah. that he's building the game around him so when he's not around, all of a sudden it's, oh, shit, what do we do now? That's the thing, yeah. It's like, does he have a plan B yeah. for when those players aren't around? Mm. Yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously, Everton, we, we've spoken about got United next, a game that both teams, probably more so United than Everton. Yeah. Um, but well, Everton, it depends what Everton's ambitions are, really. Yeah, and you don't want to, when you've, when you've had a start to the season like you've had, um, you do not want to let it just fizzle away no. and, and make it, and it just becomes meaningless, effectively. And if you're Everton, if I was an Everton fan, I'd be looking at Man United thinking they're, they're this is a very him. winnable game. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, and Calvert-Lewin will probably be licking his lips at the prospect of playing against United's defence um, mm, I'd be tempted if I was Everton to maybe throw a second player up front against United I think playing one up despite how good Calvert-Lewin's movement and um, pace is I think United will, won't will mind them playing that mm. one up formation I think Everton need to get way more players forward if they're going to have an effect on United otherwise United will quite happily just soak up the pressure yeah. and turn it into a boring game and maybe try and play on the counter yeah it depends what players they've got available I don't know who's suspended I think Richarlison was suspended was he? no he's injured oh, he, is. he is injured yeah um, I've not seen how long for and I also don't know how long Hamas is out for um, I've not seen anything about it so that sort of suggests that it's not serious yeah um, and we've only got one more Premier League or round of Premier League games until the next uh international break comes and perhaps they can, uh, they'll be back after that right let's move on then final game we're going to talk about uh, this podcast is Burnley against Chelsea um, Burnley Turf Moor has been a, a happy hunting ground for Chelsea mm. over the last few years um, a couple of really good results recently for Chelsea um, are they just beginning to hit their stride now yeah I think it's starting to click um, obviously they've, they've signed a lot of players mm-hmm. and it, it, it takes a long time for all these new players all from sort of different leagues as well. Um, you had Bundesliga player, uh, league um, player. Yeah, Dutch um, Eredivisie. Dutch, yeah. Uh, so it's not like they've all sort of come from Premier League clubs. Yeah. I mean, Ziyech was probably the one signing that I was the most excited about. Mm. Um, I signed him on Foot Manager a few, a few seasons ago. So obviously, as we all know, Foot Manager is the Wikipedia of football <laughs> and they never get anything wrong. Um but obviously, I watched him fairly closely in the Champions League both last season and the season before when Ajax had that incredible run to the semi-final. Um, and so it was no surprise when I saw a team like Chelsea coming in for him. And obviously, he did have that injury, which has delayed his start to the Chelsea uh, to his Chelsea career. But since he's come in, I mean, he looks a player, doesn't he? He mm, really does. Yeah, he does, yeah. Scored, uh, scored two goals... Um, this week alone, obviously one in the Champions League, one now, uh, and Timo Werner also now beginning to bang a few goals in. Starting to score regularly. Yeah. So there was a lot of excitement with this pre with this team around pre season. Um, they're, they are starting to build, and we've been heavily critical and rightfully so about their defence. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and we've sorry, we've also said that you know critical of Lampard and whether he's got actually got the ability as a manager to organise a defence. But credit where credit's due, five. Uh, Five of the last six games in all competitions, they've uh, kept clean sheets. Quality of opponents aside, that's still a huge boost if you're 
in, in that Chelsea defence. Oh, yeah. Not if you're Kepa, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is worth noting that in all five of those games, Mendy was in goal. No prizes for guessing who was in goal for the three-all draw against Southampton. <laughs> um, Thiago Silva, obviously, you know, even though he had a rough start in the, uh, his Chelsea career with a poor mm. game against West Brom. Um, was it West Brom? It was West Brom, mm. wasn't it? Um, he's been a key figure now. Is 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 he the missing piece to that puzzle in that defence now? Is he the one that's going to make them gel as a, as a defensive unit? I think you've got a lot of leadership back there because you've got Thiago and you've got Azpilicueta. Mm. Um, yeah. It's interesting to see Rudiger was back in the side midweek as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I There's don't... been a lot of um, stories about him coming and going, isn't there? Yeah, well, ironically, well, not that West Ham weren't linked with any, anybody else in the window. <laughs> so we were linked with everybody. But, yeah, he was linked with us. He was also linked with Tottenham, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Rumours of a, of a falling out between him and Lampard after Lampard apparently told him that he wasn't part of the plans. Um, so, I mean, I think... I don't know really what what Chelsea fans make of this, but I would say, if you look on paper, their best two defenders are Silva and Rudiger. Yeah, I think Rudiger's one of their best centre-backs, um, especially over the likes of, like, Christensen and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. So, yeah, credit where credit's due. Chelsea climbing up the league rapidly. Um, they're scoring goals. They're, they've stopped conceding them, which obviously is, is the oh, big, yes. big thing. Um, so, yeah, which is why I said when we picked the top four earlier, which is why I can see Chelsea making a surge for this year's title if they can keep going um, with this form what they can't afford is doing what Chelsea have done over the past few years and slipping up in silly games and in silly ways they've got to maintain consistency for me it'll be it won't be so much the team but potentially the manager um, that slips up um, not that I think he's great, tactically yeah I, th- I think he's a great manager but I think he's still very tactically um I don't know what the word for premature is that the right word? I know what you mean. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's still in training at the end of the day. Work experience, as you yeah, said. Yeah, as week. I said. <laughs> but I think he's still learning. He's still sort of in training, as I just said. And I think there'll be certain games where, if say a Klopp or a Guardiola was in charge, they would grind they, a win out of it yeah. or turn the game around. Whereas Lampard won't. Some... Maybe maybe won't read that game yeah. quite right. Yeah, and I think that will be. I think they'll easily finish top four. Um, but d- maybe third. It depends on how the other teams, because a lot of other teams are up and down at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think they'll be fighting for that title at the moment. Okay, and then just, uh, you know, we've talked about Burnley in the past. We know Sean Dyche has been in this situation before with Burnley, so he 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 probably won't be too worried just yet. Um, but there is no doubt about it, Burnley are in trouble. Burnley are in serious trouble this season. Yeah, it's quite surprising. Usually um, the one thing you can rely on with Burnley is their defence. Um, but then that we, they are similar to Sheffield United in, mm. in their mindset and how they play. Um, has has lockdown, has the, the lack of fans affected them in, an, in a negative yeah, way? Yeah, I think the crazy start to the Premier League has really not helped as well because all the goals that we've been seeing... It just doesn't play to their strengths. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they're now they're bottom of the league. They're actually bottom of the league before Fulham played West Brom earlier tonight mm. based on the fact that they've only scored three goals this season, which is the joint worst. Uh, with Sheffield United, obviously Fulham have now uh, beaten West Brom tonight by two goals to nil. Yeah. So that means that Burnley are rock bottom of the table with just a single point. I think they do have a game in hand. I believe so, yeah, because yeah. I think they were one of the ones that yeah. had to not play so against United City, or City at the start yeah. of the season. Um Brighton and Palace up next. Um, 
these are massive games for Burnley. I mean, yeah. it probably isn't an overreaction to say these are must-win games despite how early on in the season we are. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Um, especially the Brighton game um, with them being quite inconsistent. Yeah. Um, they need to win. Palace will be a bit tougher because, like I said, they've got the likes of Zahar who can flip a game on its head at any moment. Um, but Brighton, I think, is definitely a three-pointer. You need three points. Yeah, yeah. It's a, a draw. Really doesn't do either team any good. No. One, one of them needs to pick up the three points there. So yeah, um, right. Let's uh, let's round off the show in our normal fashion. So Dan, why don't you um, remind us of your stat question from earlier? Um, so back to James Ward-Prowse, who became the ninth player in Premier League history to score two direct free kicks in a game. But who was the last player to score two direct free kicks in a game? So you said this was 2015, right? 2015. I'm going to guess Willian. Okay. Fran, any ideas? Oh, no. <laughs> it was actually a Tottenham player. It was Christian Eriksen ah. against Swansea. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Good stat. Great guy. Not doing so well at the moment, though. Not having the best of times at Inter Milan, <laughs> no, I understand. No. Conte wanting to get rid of him after, like, six months or whatever. Um, right, so you know what the time it is, kids. It's time for this. Welcome back. To Sorry, football. I was making adjustment now. <laughs> apologies. Welcome back to Football with Fran. All right, the buttons for this week are, if it's right... I will love it if we beat them. Love it. <laughs> and if it's wrong when they don't score they hardly ever win and that's their problem I, I don't know how well this is going to come out <laughs> I have to be honest I was, I was trying so hard to find Michael Owen quotes because the man is just an absolute walking meme when it comes to stupid comments but actually he's really difficult to find audio clips of yeah. on, on online so that was the delete them all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably Something done DMCA takedowns on them all um so, yeah, that was the best I could get. So I'm hoping that comes out okay. It's fine. It's fine. So this week, similar setup to last week, I want you both to type out your answers and then say them. Um, so this week we are looking at the Premier League teams. Oh, and... I just loaded up a free notepad app and it loaded up a, <laughs> a quick Empires and Puzzles game ad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the Premier League teams and the year that they were founded... Holy shit. God. So I'm going to give you, like, 10 years evil side. Yeah, I'll need, like, 50. <laughs> oh, God. Just when I was beginning to make headway back into this conversation. I know. Yeah. I feel like you've had it easy for quite a I few weeks. I think I know Everton I to, and that's it. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to throw one in there. I don't even know your lines. Actually, so it's up to you guys. What would you rather do? Ten, Like, 10 years either side, or would you rather go whoever, like... Who's closest? Who, who's I think who's closest. Who's closest? Who's closest? Who's closest? Who's closest? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. First one is Arsenal. What year were Arsenal founded? I'm pretty sure they're one of the longer ones. I'm trying to psych Dan out here. Yeah? I have no idea. I want to see the age of this one so I can get like a. A feel for what. What you think of, this is? What it's going to be like sort of going forward? Right, okay. <laughs> right, I've got my guess. All right, you go first. Oh yeah, all right. Well, no, we'll both show our phones then. Right, right, okay. I've got 1908. Oh, I've got 1920. That's not too bad. Okay, Chris, 
You win. Yeah, give me some Keegan. Give me some Keegan. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. So, year founded, 1886. Oh, okay. They weren't going that far back, are we? Oh, history. (laughs) History. Little history lesson for everyone. Right. It It was. Next one Brighton. Tricky one here. Yeah. Are they old? Are they new? Who knows? (laughs) She's got the answers. Right, come on. Three, two, one. Okay, Dan. 1895, I've gone for. I've gone right the other way. I've gone 1955. I think they're quite new. Christ, this is testing my math. Dan. Yeah. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. 1901. Oh, okay. They're a lot older than I thought. I thought they were one of the new ones. No. Uh, Everton. Yeah, I think I know. I shouldn't say that. As I said last time I knew I've got it wrong. <laughs> I've just sure. written down Everton as Why well. Why would you know Everton? Answer. That's so random. <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. Chris? 1892. Dan? I'm probably completely wrong. I've gone 1830. 1830? Yeah. Completely Chris. wrong, yeah. I will love it. I don't think any club's older than about 1885. <laughs> well, Everton, 1878. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was close. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, Jesus. Chris was close. When was football invented? I think you, I think you predate football with that one. They were using heads. That... <laughs> uh, oh, 2-1. Leeds. Do we get an extra point if we get it bang on? Yeah. Okay. Not that I'm confident that that's You know what? Happen. Now Chris has gone 2-1 up, he's feeling confident. <laughs> How many more teams have you got? Three. Oh, hang on. Not... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what team are we doing? Leeds. Leeds. Where have you been for the last 10 seconds? That's quite an old team. I've I've had to up my game because the threat of Joe Morton potentially picking the the forfeit. I was going to bring that Play it safe. I have no idea, to be honest. Okay. Uh, Chris? 1904. 1905. (laughs) Oh, Dan. I would love it if we beat them. 1919. That was close. Two all. Oh, this is getting so tense. (laughs) I hope you've done Man City. How many how many are we going to? Man City was my next one. How do you know these? I don't. Well actually no, you don't because you thought 1830 on the There's other one. There's two more after this. I was gonna put 2010 for Man City. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Um three, two, one, Dan? I've uh, probably wrong, but I've got 1925. <laughs> I've got 1921. <laughs> Chris, fifth. Uh, oh, oh, I love it. We beat what them. Was it? Love it. 1880. Oh, really? Oh, very old. A lot newer than that. Oh. It's just your bias. Yeah. Uh, next, we will go. We'll go Southampton. What's this match point, Dan? Uh, I've yeah. got to get this. You got to get this, mate. Southampton. Southampton. I, if I wish you could see Chris right now, he looks <laughs> so happy. <laughs> Three, two, one. Chris. 1901. I've got an 1890. Daniel. Oh, it comes down to the last one. Smashed it. You don't get tension like this anywhere else. It was 1885. I wrote that and I changed it to 1890. Well, that could have won you the game if you didn't it, mate. (laughs) Comes down to the last one. Last one is Wolves. Hmm. 
I really Gen- wish, I've I got genuine nerves. I genuine nerves. I've got butterflies. Right, hang on. It's um, like a child on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Yeah, you're about to see my face dramatically change <laughs> if I don't get this right. Like a child on Boxing Day. <laughs> yeah. And everything's over. Um, I, uh, right, three, two, one. Is she done? Yep. Okay. Uh, Dan? I've gone 1894. 1894. Dan. No! <laughs> we beat them. 1877. Ooh. <laughs> I've choked. It's, it's Boxing Day. <laughs> <laughs> I've choked. It's Boxing Day. <laughs> Fuming. Right, fuck this. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, so what's that then? That's 5-2, isn't it? Mm. Halfway to a forfeit. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. Did you say you were going to say something about the forfeits? Um, it's just, thank you, Joe Morton, for the suggestions. He's already given you some. Didn't he comment on something? No, he said he was going. He was going to think. Of oh, one. I was thinking. Oh, yeah, great suggestions. Though. I think. I what you're the suggestion that Joe is going to come up with it? It's <laughs> yeah. not a great suggestion at all. I think it will be. Fuck's I sake. think it will be. I'm looking forward to hopefully some more people come in and with suggestions. I'd yes, like to, any forfeit suggestions one. do let us know. But God, serious please. ones, not like jumping in front of a bus. <laughs> yeah, and Jesus no, like... Way to lower the tone, Dan. <laughs> fucking hell. Jumping in front of a bus. I didn't Chris say it was a moving depressed. bus, did I? Well, yeah. We'll see how depressed I am at the end of this. If it's, <laughs> if it's 10-2 at the end, I might fucking want to. Might be me if we lose to Everton next week. <laughs> oh, my God. On a happier note. <laughs> Congratulations. Ah, oh, right. Well, Sorry, well done, Dan, I suppose. Thank you. Right, so... Guys, the last one. Last um, one. We have to do Skype. Mm. It's lockdown. Lockdown. Now. But we will have a show. We will have a show for you next week. Mm. Um, Premier League is continuing, which is the good news. Um, mm. So, yeah, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. We've had a lot of fun tonight, and we will see you all next week. Say bye, everybody. Bye. bye.